I got a client at 9.30, so we got to go. We're good, we're good. Let's do this. So, uh, how many workouts how many workouts you do in a day? In a for day? Yourself, for yourself. Um, well, it depends. I mean, most days, twice, but but depends on the workload, you know. Uh, depends on work, family. Uh, always get one in, though. What, what, are you Never. what are you training for? Because like, I, I came in here the first time, which was last year. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's an athlete over here. Life, man. Life is, I'm, life is, I, I, I believe that if you, if you train yourself physically as hard as possible, then whatever happens to you um, in the real world, you're able to handle it. Mm. So you, it's, it's preparation in the physical sense, but to me, it, it, it works the mind just as much as the physical. So I like to push myself beyond where I think I can go. So then if anything happens, whether it's stress with work, stress with family, a pandemic, that you're able to tackle it head on and it's, it's just not even, it doesn't really affect you like maybe a normal person because they're not used to having that stress on the body and, and uh, being able to push, push past. When your mind says to stop, you're able to tell, tell yourself to keep going, so. I like that. Yeah. Sound like a warrior. You, are you probably military? No, I'm not. Um, people always uh, think I am, but uh, mm. I have a college football background. Mm. So, uh, but I uh, respect the military, work out with a lot of, a lot of uh, different military people. So, um, but, but not, not officially military. Definitely no. respect for uh... Guys, this is Manning. We're at Legacy Fit, and this is Max Your Mind. You guys, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe right now. Every week, episode with Max Your Mind about your, mastering your mindset. And we got Manning over here at Legacy Fit. He's gonna talk a little bit about his trials and tribulations and how he overcame them. Yes, sir. So tell us a little bit about how you went from football to personal training to Legacy Fit, because like, I'm inspired. I read a little bit about yeah. the story. I'd like to hear a little more. I will have to. Uh, give you the short version. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm no spring chicken, but uh, um, basically, I uh, I played high school football and um, I broke my back my junior year. Uh, they told me that I would never, never play again, never, never do sports again, never run again, never lift again, and I ignored them. Um, built my body up, got prepared, came back my senior year against all the odds. Um, earned what you call a preferred walk-on to Auburn. So it's like where you go in with the scholarship players to have an opportunity to earn a scholarship. Mm. Um, I earned a scholarship uh, through that process. Um, played three and a half years. I was Takeo Spikes backup. Um, so I didn't get a whole lot of playing time. Um, right. Shout out to Takeo. <laughs> uh, and uh, then I broke my back again. And Is it had the exact to, same uh, injury? Or? Exact same injury, L5S1, a hairline fracture. If you see the x-ray, you can literally see a fracture in my facet joint. Um, and uh, I had to let the dream die, you know, but it, but it inspired me to figure out, okay, why did this happen? Mm. And so I really dove into exercise science and health promotions and started to uh, get really into exercise and the anatomy and kinesiology of lifting and, and what it does to your body. And, and, uh, and then, uh, I was an assistant strength coach at Sanford University in Bir Birmingham, Alabama. Mm -hmm. Started training some athletes and got a phone call from a buddy of mine. Said, hey, if you shave your head right now, you can come down to Miami and be a body double in Bad Boys 2. So I went home, I shaved my head on the spot, like literally right after the phone call, shaved my head. I think back then it was a Polaroid, it wasn't even you know, a camera. Uh -huh. um, sent them a picture, they hired me. I packed 
my Nissan Maxima at the time, um, had $2,000 to my name, drove to Miami, 10 and a half hours, uh, slept on in this little studio apartment and uh, with, uh, with my six foot six friends. So we were stepping on each other. It was, it was pretty funny. And, um, and then uh, I did that, got a job at Crunch Fitness. Um, invited. You're giving me the, the super summary. Yeah, no, no, it's crazy. I, I, I want to hear about the motivation to go into uh, exercise. Okay. Well, you, you said the injury inspired yeah. you to learn about why, why you wanted to, why it happened. Like, so tell me a little bit about that. So as far as like why I went into exercise science, right. like when you, I got into You said into, the injury inspired yeah. you. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, back then everything was about how much you can lift and how big you can get. So everything right. was lift as much as you can and be as big as you can. So we were all, you know, huge horses, um, but we didn't have a lot of uh, speed and agility. And, and then our bodies big, were breaking down. I was 6'1", 240. 240. So right. I was, a, I mean, I had a 21-inch neck. I mean, it was, I was a big boy. Wow. Um, you know, deadlifting 600-something pounds, squatting 600 pounds, uh, hang cleaning 385, mm -hmm. you know, just doing, like, ungodly things. And uh, looking back on it, it, it didn't, it, it wasn't um, for longevity, you know? Okay. And, and I think now, uh, I mean, if I knew what I knew now to go back then, I think I could have applied better uh, principles and practices and philosophies that would have uh, prolonged my career mm -hmm. instead of shortened it. So it was really, for me, that was the passion, is, is just learning how to train the body in a smart way and um, to help others so that they don't fall into the same trap I fell into. So. Okay. How did um, transitioning from football, coaching, athlete to coaching, how did that influence you? How was the transition? Was it easy or? No, it wasn't easy at all. I think, I think when, you, when you are an athlete and you know you're an athlete and you're in a sport and then that's taken away from you, mm. you kind of lose your identity a little bit. Mm. And so you're, you're constantly like searching for it. I remember I got into mixed martial arts. I got into, you know, I got into business obviously, but, you, but I think a piece of you is like missing. Right. And so you're always searching for it. Um, but I think, I think legacy was the first thing that actually felt like it was meant to be and it, and it gave me some, a sense of purpose again. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what I kind of leaned on. But it definitely was not, was not easy. You know, mm -hmm. when you lose that identity, it's, it's very hard to, to find it again, so. What, what steps did you have to take to like embrace a new self, a different part of yourself? I think the, the best way was, was uh, pouring what I knew and what I had and my desire and my passion into other people. Mm -hmm. So when I, I started training professional athletes and some of my guys that I used to train with back in college, so they would come down here in Miami and I would start working with them. Guys like uh, Jeremy Shockey and Aiken Adele okay. and TJ Slaughter and, and uh, the Sharpton brothers, like, you know, a bunch of people like that. And so I would just I would train them like, like I was training myself. You right. know, I was, I was training them for, for NFL. I was training them for their sport. And I was kind of living through them and preparing them and getting them prepared the best way possible so that it gave me a little bit of, a, a, I guess, a validation, you know, that I, that I still was contributing to the game. That's definitely, know? it sounds so. like an advantage to have a, a coach that's also athlete. I, I mean, think so. Yeah. I think so. Because, and especially in the beginning, I was still young. Right. So I was able to do everything with them. Mm. And, and so if they're seeing me do it and I'm not even in the league, then it kind of inspired them to push themselves even more. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I believe there was definitely an advantage of that for sure. So, so yeah, we're from Miami. You, you went into acting for a little bit. Is that something you a wanted to 
do long term or what do you think about it? initially yes um initially i thought that that was you know the path i was going to take i got into fitness modeling and, and acting and and i loved it I see and it. uh but um you know i went when i went to la and experienced that world it was just a very shady world and i just i didn't want to be a part of it so i had yeah, to yeah. i had to let that dream die too yeah, that and find another route but that entertainment hollywood is a different animal right so there's but a like, lot of weird you're, stuff to you're go in on. miami beach it's it's different but well, see, I left Miami, so I don't know if you know the story, but I, I, I was doing personal training stuff, and then I left Miami and lived in L.A. for six months oh. to pursue a real Take acting career. I had voice coach, I had a, 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 a acting coach. I was living with Eddie Murphy's wife, like, wow. yeah. So it was, it was a, I was, I went all in on it, right? And it was just, it was too weird. You, you didn't, so you didn't like the environment. I didn't like the environment. It was very. I, I can't say I believe. Yeah, you. I live I in L.A. Like. now, and it's okay. like it's cutthroat. Yeah, it's cutthroat in. Um, a lot of people were for themselves, so uh, if, yeah. if you're there, it's, it's got, you got to be on purpose. Right. You got to be for a purpose or else you leave and go back exactly, home. Exactly, like, exactly. Um, and but, I like, you know, I like to, to be successful, and the Hollywood game is a, is a long, you're definitely playing a long game. Right. And, uh, you know, some people find a, a break in the beginning, but um, I knew that it was going to be a long, long, weird Weird journey, weird. And, I, and I didn't. I didn't want to be a part of that. Weird so. is, is weird is the LA is strange. It's strange. I love LA I, though. I love LA, but it's strange. I, I love being around creative people. That's yeah. what I love most about LA. But like you said, it is strange. There's some weird things going on over there, and uh, you gotta, you, be, you gotta be grounded, and you also gotta have a home to go back to. Um, yeah. But like, we're from fitness modeling, acting, business. How did that come up about? So after uh, traveling a lot with, um, you know, whatever, celebrity clients or whatever you want to call it, I, I got to experience a lot in, in the United States. So going to Atlantic City, New Jersey, New York, Utah, um, Colorado, L.A., New Mexico. Uh, Did you enjoy this traveling? Yes and no. I mean, you learn a lot when, you, when, you, when you're working for someone else and you're on their clock. And so... I don't know if you ever seen the movie Devil Wears Prada, the Devil Wears Prada, yeah. you know, the assistant. Mm -hmm. um, it's very much like that. So you're on their time. So you eat when they eat, you go to sleep when they go to sleep. If, if uh, you know, if, if Usher's recording at four in the morning, then, then you got to be in the studio at four in the morning. So, mm. so stuff like that. Um, it, it was a learning experience. I grew a lot because I realized what the hustle was all about. I realized that, that if you're willing to do whatever it takes, then you'll eventually make it, you know. Mm. So I learned a lot, and then through that process of traveling and going to all these different gyms and all these different states, I started to notice that gyms are exactly the same. Like, all gyms are exactly the same. So I wanted to create something where that, to, to, to not be the same. Somewhere, so somewhere that inspired you. To create something that was different. Mm -hmm. So when someone stepped into to Legacy Fit, that they felt different. They, they saw a different atmosphere. They, they saw a different environment. They felt a different energy. Um, instead of your typical, you know, there's a front desk, there's a cardio section, right. there's a freeway section, there's a machine section. Um, I, I, I just felt like uh, I had more to give. And so I took that um, college athlete experience yeah. of that kind of weight room, mixed with your commercial gym, and tried to create something a little bit different. And that's how Legacy was born. That's so, a beautiful thing. So. How'd you come up with the word Legacy? Why Legacy? So for me, especially when I saw that... Uh, my legacy had changed. You know, I thought my dad played football, I played football, and then I thought, you know, I was going to be an NFL star or what have you. And I still, though, really believe in leaving a legacy, leaving something, you know, how will you be remembered? 
You know, what are you leaving behind? What are they going to say about you when you're gone? Right. And so for me, that, that, that is both, again, it's, it's your physical, um, but also, you know, what are you doing on the inside? So are you doing things physically and internally to grow as a person? And then what are they going to say about you? So for me, I thought it was a great, a great brand because um, physical fitness goes beyond the body. Physical fitness I is, agree. is uh, something that goes, um, it's very... Uh, challenges us mentally. It helps our our uh, our uh, stress levels. It helps us. Therapeutic. Um, it's so therapeutic, and it, it just it, it allows you to. It's a, it's a it's an anchor to life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an anchor to life. When you wake up and you get that, you push yourself. Then uh, again, you're able to take on so much more in life than if you just you know go about your life without without fitness. So it's very inspiring to hear and see you practice what you preach. Uh, a lot of fitness business owners don't unfortunately like yeah. even or coaches and so like like how how what's your approach to you just shared a lot about your approach to health and fitness because like like you said it's not just about the body in fact a lot of things everything starts here mental and spiritual and then the body yep. expresses what's, what's going on mentally so like what's your total overall approach to health and fitness consistency would be the the main i would say if if uh if i had one word to give you it's consistency um, if you're not consistent with what you're doing daily, then you're not going to turn into who you want to become. So it, it's not what you do once in a while that matters. It's what you do day in, day out, because consistency compounds over time. So it's, it's the little things done, done daily, every single day, every single day that are going to compound and build up and build up to create the person that you're, you're becoming. So for me, I mean, really, that's that's everything that i'm about and everything we're about at legacy is is engraved in that Mm -hmm. is um a true commitment to being consistent Mm -hmm. and then and then making that choice every single day to show up and i think uh uh one of my favorite books lately has been atomic habits by james clear Mm -hmm. and he talks about like you don't you don't run to finish a marathon you run to become a runner you know what I mean? Like, so, mm. so it's not about like a lot of times, you know, people fail because they try to do too much all at once instead of doing a little bit every single day. And I think if we can attack life like that and stop trying to like most people in the fitness world fail because they try to do a two hour workout, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then they do that for three weeks and then, and then burn they get burned out, they stop. But what about doing a 20 minute workout every single day? Um, I love George St. Pierre says, you know, instead of doing 100 pull-ups at one day, do five pull-ups every single day. You know, these things like compound. So, so I would say that would be my, my main philosophy. That's yeah. powerful. That, that's a great way to put that one there. So, like, when it, when it comes with working for a community of coaches, clients, and members, sometimes you have to push people. What, what, what's some advice you can give us about being effective with that? Because sometimes people don't, they don't like it. They're getting their feelings. Yeah. Uh, how, how, I think that's the... The, the genius of good, of good trainers and coaches is everyone needs to be pushed in a different way. Mm. So you got to find that button that works for them. Some people like aggressive. Some people need to be yelled at. Some th- people need to be challenged aggressively. And then other people need a pat on the back. They need encouragement. Mm. Um, and then some need both. So it's, it's your job to feed off that energy and know what a person needs. And, and a lot of times they're going to give you, like if you yell at them, they give you a nasty look, then you know, you know maybe I shouldn't yell at them again. Um, <laughs> or if you pat them on the back, they're like, you know, it doesn't work. And then you know, oh, well, maybe I need to, to shout at them a little bit or, or whatever. But I think the, the most important thing, though, in motivating your clients is, is 
leading by example and showing up for them. And so if, if you're always the one showing up, if you're early, if you're staying a little late, if you're texting them when you're not even with them, you know, checking in on them, I think that shows them that you're holding them accountable and that you care. I think that's the biggest thing. People don't care what you know until they know how much you care. So when you care about someone, then they're probably going to give you more effort. But if you don't really care, if you're like looking at your phone while you're training, if you're, you know, staring at the mirror, checking yourself out while you're supposed to be training a client or watching a class or whatever, or you don't prepare a, a dope playlist for your client or, or your class, then they, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to put much in, into what you're doing because they don't, they're not going to buy into it. So I think that's the first step is, is uh, care more. You know, we live in this society and we live in this world that, that talks about, you know, I, you know, they, they kind of, it's like the cancel culture, you know, we don't care, you know, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And I think, I think it should be reversed. I think one of the things that you should be misunderstood because you care so much, like, because that passion is going to maybe offend some people, you know, because you're like, you know, I, I get it all the time. Like, you know, why do you care so much? You know, why do you, why are you so, you know, passionate about that? Well, I think that's what you're supposed to be. Legacy. So, you know, that's what you're <laughs> I yeah. agree. You know, consistency, like when you sit, when you speak about caring, I think um, a lot of people are looking for comfort for themselves, and also they want people to feel comfortable, which is good. But you, you want people to be comfortable with progression. So uh, if they're if if they're uncomfortable in a in a destructive place, then you have to move them. They have to be willing to move. So I agree with you. Well, one of my favorite quotes is, "You got to get uncomfortable, getting comfortable." So. Excuse me, getting comfortable, getting uncomfortable. I said mm -hmm. that backwards. So. Mm -hmm. You got to get comfortable getting uncomfortable. So like you said, a lot of people are so in their comfort zone that as a trainer, a coach, we got to figure out how to get them a little uncomfortable and then get them to like that. Like, and that's hard to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think done the right way, you can, you can really take somebody to another level. The best way to inspire is by example. When people see you showing up, and they, they see you taking the steps first, taking initiative is the best way to uh, be an example. And I totally agree with you. You spoke of the playlist. I heard, I, I seen your story that you were playing some, some church music. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little about the, the church on Sundays or church before Sunday, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. So my, I trained my pastor Rich. Shout out to Rich. Um, Rich Wilkerson Jr., uh, VU Church. And um, we started this thing called Church Before Church where we actually work out and listen to praise and worship music. Um, gospel music um, before Fire. church and uh, you know a lot of people think that church is a building or church is a congregation but church is church is us the people you know church is the people church is where you are you can worship anywhere so um, you know I think it's real powerful again to me working out is more than physical and I think a lot of people just they, they, they put too much emphasis on on how it, it's a physical thing when it's, it's such, it goes beyond that. And it's very biblical to take care of your body. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's a, it's a great way to start, to start a Sunday. And uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, so we put together a, like a praise and worship playlist and we, we praise, worship and work out. So it's pretty fun. So. That's and it's a great, so all men, um, a group of guys, we've had anywhere from four people show up to, to 50. So it's uh, been interesting and it's, it's really cool to see guys show up at 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday. So. so how are you balancing so much work with family? So that word, I, I always 
I always kind of laugh at people saying, you know, where do you find the balance? Not that I'm laughing at you, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but I think that that's, that's the problem is that people are trying to, to, they look at work as work and then they look at family as family and then they look at life as life. Like, why? Like work is no life, lifestyle. work is family. Like this is my family, this is my second home. Right. You know, my members are, are part of, are a second family. Like my staff is like a second family. So um, when you look at your work as, as, if you're not passionate, if you don't wake up excited about what you do every day, then you need to find something else to do. Mm. And that's what that's it is. It so if you're, work. exactly. For me, you don't really need necessarily to balance. Um, if you make work a part of your life and a part of something that you love to do, then you don't have to necessarily balance it. Like my wife and my baby are about to be here right now because they're a part of it. And I think, I think that's the biggest thing. No matter what you do, include your family in what you do. You know, like if you, if you own a gym, if you're a trainer, like get them around what you do, let them see what you do. You know, take, you know, they say, don't take work home. Like, well, take it home. Talk to your, talk to your spouse about what you're going through and, and uh, your family members, what you're going through. I mean, those are the people that care the most. So, so I think that's how I do it is that it, it, I'm more um, inclusive than exclusive when it comes to my work and when it comes to, to uh, uh, growing this, this, this uh, business. So. That sounds like a life, a lifestyle yeah. that, you know, a lifestyle that we should all um, work towards. You know, like, like, he, like, like Manning said, separating work and family and everything else might cause issues. Why, why not have them all working for each other, with each other? 2020, 2020 was a rough year. Like, I, uh, 2020 got me off guard. I was like, what's, what's going on? Yeah. Like, I can't- Smacked you in the face, didn't Right, it? 2020 smacked me in the face. I was in my feelings for a little bit. How is it for you, 2020? What obstacles did you face and how did you overcome them? Because the whole world is dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. I think what you just said, the whole world was dealing with it. I think that was what I leaned on the most is I didn't feel sorry for myself. I didn't feel sorry for our business. I knew that the entire world was going through this. So that was the first step into handling it. It's saying that this isn't about me. This is about all of us. Um, and then the second thing is that you know, your crisis, uh, your character is revealed in crisis. So it's easy to be what you want to be. It's easy to stay committed to what you're staying committed to when everything is going smooth, when everything is going like this. But what happens when there's a setback? What happens when there's a crisis? What happens when there's a pandemic? What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? Are you going to pause? Are you going to pivot? Are you going to panic? Are you going to plan? You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do? So for me, it was an immediate pivot, plan, um, figure it out, become a problem solver. You know, oh, we can't, our business is closed. All right, let's get online. You know, um, our members, you know, let's reach out to them. Let's be a, let's be a source, uh, an outlet that they can go to that we can encourage them while they're stuck at home. You know, so we were doing tons of Instagram lives. We were, we were emailing, our, we were doing lots of staff Zoom calls. You know, we were doing staff, uh, weekly staff, um, um, of meetings, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that my entire staff knew that I was going to take care of them, you know, that I, I was here for them. I wasn't going to close down. I wasn't going to stop paying them. Like, we're going to get through this together. You know, I, uh, something that started to uh, creep in um, that people started saying is stronger together. So for us, that's what we kind of leaned on. Mm. Um, and so that, that's really how we got through it is, is uh, not panicking, but planning, not, you know, uh, uh, just sitting around doing nothing instead pivot and do what you can so the mo the thing in life is that you're you're dealt up some playing cards like but sometimes you 
you got your ace of spades, but sometimes, you know, you just got the joker and you don't know what to do. So what are you going to do with the cards that you're dealt with? You know, because every day you got to start with what you have and do what you can. So um, sometimes our plate is full, but sometimes it's empty and we got to figure out how to how to put more food on the plate. And that's wow. that's what we did. So you just said a so. mouthful. And uh, one of the big things that hit home for me is not playing victim. I mean, like life happens. We all fall down. You got to get back up. And um, if you're not playing victim, I think you find out who you what you're made of. For sure. And also, what are your options? How do you problem solve instead of just going in a hole and crawling and die? That, that's never an option. So uh, never. Totally, totally agree with you. And um, you, you're staying strong. It shows. And I'm like, also, you have there's multiple locations, right? Yeah. So that was the crazy thing is uh, in Miami, uh, construction wasn't closed down. So our gym was closed down, but construction kept going. So not only were, were we closed down, so the three open locations that I had were closed down, so the revenue stopped and we started you know, to bleed out, losing money. But then I had two more locations that were being built out wow. so that I still had to, to you know, pay for and invest in. So it was a double whammy. I mean, it hit me from both sides. Um, but we figured it out and we made it. So they closed us down with three locations and we opened up with six. So, uh, you know, five are, are mine and one is a franchise. So, so it's, uh, you know, we came out of the pandemic stronger than we, than we, than we were before, which uh, definitely was a God thing, definitely was, was a favor. And, um, you know, we're just extremely grateful to be in the position we are to uh, be a leader in group fitness and to uh, hopefully there, there should be a heightened sense of awareness for fitness now, a heightened sense of awareness for health. Um, 85 to 90 percent of the people dying of COVID were metabolically damaged. So people need to wake up. Like this isn't a, this isn't an issue of of COVID. It's an issue of our health. It's how we're treating ourselves. Especially we can, mental health. Exactly, and mental health, which is you know suicides are up and all this other stuff. Right. So I think that the way we we treat our bodies needs to to be you know it's a big eye opener now wake because we can defeat viruses and illnesses and disease if we build ourselves up to do that. And so if you're eating the wrong foods, you're not being uh, working out daily, if you're not getting sunshine, if you're not doing community, that's another thing too that was very difficult during the pandemic is they took community away from us. They took churches away from us. They took schools away from us. They took gyms away from us. They took restaurants away from us. So we lost this. We lost this dynamic. Well, guess what? This dynamic, what we're doing right now, having a great conversation with like-minded people is what boosts our immune system. True. So when you lose that and you're stuck and you're isolated, then guess what? Your that immune kills system us. kills us. So now more than ever, we got to get back into community. We got to get back and taking care of ourselves. I so. agree with you. Me me mental health, spiritual health. This is things that a lot of us neglected over the years. And uh, 2020 was a wake up call. So over overall, running a business, what advice would you give to uh, somebody that's just starting a business, someone that's trying to maintain with obstacles that happened before 2020 through, through you know. I guess the, the, first, the first thing I would say is financially, make sure you have, you have a backup. So don't live paycheck to paycheck. Don't live above your means. You know, have minimum three months reserve. But now, even after this pandemic, I would even say have six months of reserve. And what I mean by reserve is like six months of overhead. So whatever your overhead is, whatever it takes to pay your bills, multiply that times six and put that in the bank and have it in the bank at all times. Um, it used to be three months for me, now it's gonna be six. So, because it's very important to make sure that you have something to fall back on in case 
uh, a pandemic happens or something like that, right. um, a flood or whatever it may be. Um, and then the other thing is stay, stay committed to what you said you were going to do regardless of the circumstances you're in. So if you said at the beginning of 2020, you're going to do this, this, and this, and then a pandemic smacks you in the face and says, ah, oh, you're not going to do that. Well, you still have got to stay committed to that. You can't quit just because a setback. You can't quit just because there's a new challenge. Mm. And that because this, it, whether it's going to be a pandemic, whether it's going to be a death in the family, whether it's going to be a breakup, whether it's going to be um, a bad landlord, whatever it's going to be, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have employees quit. You're going to have um, employees you got to fire. You're going to have uh, members complain. You're going to have issues every single day in business. But how do you respond to that? Are you being proactive or are you being reactive? Mm. You know, like what are you doing? So for me, it's always, it comes down to not being a complainer, but being a problem solver. Mm. So if you can become a problem solver in your business and in your life, instead of a victim or being a complainer, right. most of the time you're gonna come out on the right side of that. So that, that would be the, my biggest advice, is become a problem solver in your business at all times. Speaking of sponsors, do you, do you have uh, sponsors? No, I, I turned down most stuff because I'm all about building my own brand. Okay. So I, I get reached out all the time to collaborate. And at the end of the day, if I'm pushing other products and I'm taking my you emphasis have, away off of my own brand, you gotta have your own I have product. a clothing line. I, we're going to do supplements and stuff like that. And then obviously gym. So to me, if you, you got to stay, you got to kind of have blinders on and not get too caught up in making this this money, that money, you know, here and there, like little monies here and there, and you gotta build on what you build have. Build that empire. Yeah, because I'm in this, it's the long game, it's the infinite game. So, you know, you don't necessarily like win in business. It's, it never stops. Like it's always, you gotta build and build and build and build and build. It takes years and years to build a brand. So. I didn't ask you about PIT. Mm -hmm. you, you came up with acronym PIT. Yeah, Partner Interval Training. So what happened was is uh, I started these um, boot camp classes back in like 2009, 2010. And, uh, you know, 20 people showed up, 40 people show up, 50 people show up. Next thing I know, 100 something people are showing up. So as a trainer, as one trainer, when you have 80 to 100 people, it's very hard to control the room. And so I would look out and I would see people slacking and like, you know, when you, and when you got that many people, you can't really too much point out the people that are doing it wrong because then it takes away from the workout. So, so I was like, all right, how am I going to do this? How am I going to? So then I started pairing people up. And I'd be like, you know, Max, John, y'all go, you're up here. And so I did it and I paired everybody up. And then one day I just kind of stood back and was just watching. And it just was like working like clockwork and everybody was helping each other. So by, by having a partner, Immediately you have accountability, you have somebody to motivate you, you have someone to spot you, you have someone to push you, you have someone to have a little friendly competition. Like, you, as you know, it's always better to work out with, with someone, yeah. like especially someone better than you. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, and then even if you are better than another person, that also, something that I think is really good is when you, when you give back, when you, when you teach someone what you know, or you push someone that's maybe not up to your fitness level, you're, you're, it, it comes back to you. Right. So, you know, it, it, uh, it's you're about- you your own tool. Exactly, exactly. So, so for me, it was just, the light bulb just went off and then obviously our, the pit bull was our mascot. So it was just a natural thing for it to be called pit. It just worked, you know, pit, partner interval training, pit bull. 
So the logo can, can you get and everything. You and yeah, Lexi. You want to say, who's that? <laughs> who's that? <laughs> yeah. Beautiful dog. Thank you. So ladies and gents, you heard it from the horse's mouth himself. Powerful mind makes a powerful body. Legacy fit. Um, train, the, train the mind, the body's going to follow. If you guys are ever in Miami, Miami Beach, check out Legacy Fit locations. Website will be in the description. If you guys want to check out, find out more information about Manning Sumner, did I pronounce everything yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Hit up his website. He's on social media. Episodes every week, guys. Max your mind. Subscribe, like, comment. Let us know what you think about the episode and any questions you have for Manning. Awesome, man. My brother. Appreciate you. Yep.